How did you get them to create a new empire on a board game that's been printed for years now? Still talking to the farmer in the glade. Have you ever performed a medicinal diagnostic study while sitting in the rain, eating a sandwich and holding an umbrella over your best friend's head? No one expects you to be able to do that. Hmm. Juggling tetherballs while giving a bath to a puffin with a palm hanging over your head, trying to keep the mosquitoes away. That isn't something that you see every day. No one in the city can catch a break. Because the meteorologists are expected to make sure it's never 96 degrees on a Thursday, no one in the city's gonna catch a break. None of the thermometers in the city have ever been able to show a proven reading of 96 degrees. 97 is optimal some days, 98 is best, 95 makes the day a mystery. No one told the meteorologists when they signed up for the job that it was actually an impossible job. There was a person laughing in the corner with a baseball hat on, in permanence. Blue was holding a fishbowl. This is going to be a bit of a digression, listeners. Don't worry, no one is going to accuse you of eating the gummy bears. Gummy bears are the only animal that have gone extinct from the city. Sorry, gummy bears, you're delicious, but no one can eat you without completely and instantly rotting all their teeth out. A dragonfly from inside the skin flies across the grasslands and lands on Blue's knee. You know, the sound of rain always reminds me of clouds, the shape of which always reminds me of little sprouts poking out of the ground in golden hour sunlight. I still can't tell if I wear glasses or contact lenses or if I'm always just sitting in the chair at the optometrist while they move the lenses back and forth asking which one is better. I thought it was fine to use whichever one takes care of the best. I mean, you can't separate the rain from the clouds or the sky from the sun for that matter. How could I not also make sure the sprouts were taken care of too? There is a breakup in the clouds endangering the meteorologists. It's so close to being 96 degrees. They're going to have to whistle for the fennel goblins. Before we get to that, there's a problem with the wool cyclops. 
The words are spinning and the edges got a little wet. So the gravity is making their usual floating spinning motion into a spinning motion with torque. That is to say, the wool is moving like screws towards the center of the Cyclops' body. This is not good. It's making the letters of the words get closer and closer together. They're becoming so densely packed that, combined with the extra fluff, making it almost impossible for to anyone to read the words anymore. Let's be clear, this isn't the worst problem, but it is quite a large one. As the Cyclops walks by, the sounds emanating from its body are like a muted timpani, causing people's eardrums to bleed. The only problem is the blood isn't even red. It's clear, so hardly anyone can tell their eardrums are bleeding. Someone places an amethyst crystal on their neighbor's windowsill. They ask if they can clean it for them as they rush out the door for work. Someone else starts drawing math equations on a chalkboard that someone got their tongue stuck to. The Cyclops begins to move really slowly. As it does, it blinks its eye and lowers the horn from its ear. Oddly, this effect is actually a benefit to the Cyclops. It realizes how disoriented it's been with all those words whirling around. The only problem is that it's not used to its body feeling so dense and stiff. The fennel goblins move in toward the cyclops. They form a circle around it and begin stepping very intentionally on the way lines between them and the cyclops. They are forming inflections in the pulses. Varied and never the same, the pulses begin to look like a form of a vocal course toward the cyclops. As the pulses reach the feet of the Cyclops, they transfer electricity between the gushing spring's point in the center of its arch. Greenfoot tenderly sinks into some buoyant moss growing on the dogwood tree roots by the empty creek bed near their home tree. The moss pushes back and sends a pulse through the wayline nearby. 
The pulse courses up the legs of the cyclops, loosening the spin of the words until the threads of the wool have space in between them again. The beads of water expelling themselves upon the surface draw the sunlight toward them, singing a little song of golden amber on the fiber of the wool like fingers massaging a scalp. Through long hair The fennel goblins are still circling like buzzards. Their feathery fronds batting against each other as they fly off, as they jump back and forth, as they turn around the cyclops. It feels like an internal trembling, and though they know what they are, see is of no use there, is something beautiful in it. Something about the shapes of the spaces in between, and how the electricity seems to light them in just the perfect way, so as to absorb the meaning of the moisture in the wool. The Cyclops puts the hearing horn with the extra eye to the side of its head and wonders for a moment. The loosing reaches the crown of its head like lace. The cross-read words undoing themselves in their memory. As the feathery fennel fronds fall and land between the cobblestones underneath the Cyclops' feet. One falling particularly over the toes on one of its feet, which lay on the edge of the solar panel roads. It stays a moment, just like that. Absorbing every aspect of the moment, and the internal tremor is quiet. The threads spinning slightly back and forth, instead of in perfect spirals as they shake static off of them. The wind courses through its body in such a way that for a moment, it feels like it is floating as its foot transfers one last pulse back into the wayline below its feet. The fennel goblins begin to move off one by one at random intervals toward their home in the morning glories that line the edges of the three brutalist buildings, one of the apartment complexes, and a singular home with a hobbit-shaped roof. Waiting just long enough until the words begin to spin in the style of the most harmonious of possible natural mythos, the Cyclops is breathing something into the wayline. Something that moves on in all directions from the center. As the fennel goblin runs off, it trips over one of the pulses as if harmony got caught around its heel. It laughs as the cyclops lets out a small grunt and one fiber of wool falls from the gravity of its body falling upon the feathery frond on the left side of the fennel goblin's body. 
the letters O-S-R-T-G-N, spinning in spring like configurations. The goblin runs, not even noticing a difference in weight, and jumps into an opening in the morning glories by the third brutalist building. It curls its body around and sits, peeking out, and blinks its eye as a pink sunset hovers on the edges of the city. It turns its head and moves in a perfect pace, as if constructing a song in a schoolyard with the pulses and the way lines. Its body a perfect well of information balanced perfectly between reasonable utility and thoughtful evocation of life. Blue is running her fingers along the bark of a tree, taking in the rough texture as if it were a scalp massage. Grasslands Without Time is written and produced by Kate Madera, artwork by Rachel Amber Longo, and music by Human Nature. Have a little poor day time.